0: everyone, welcome to the Feeling Lighter podcast where we shed old beliefs that no longer serve us one episode at a time. The bottom line, how you feel about yourself changes everything. Yes, so true. All right, Lisa, I'm excited about our guest today. You know her. I do. You guys have done some work together before. We're going to be talking about finding joyful satisfaction in food. Sometimes, I'm not going to lie, like unsubscribing from diet culture is incredible. Right. But sometimes it's also exhausting. Yes. And so just to be able to take a minute to say, wait a minute, (laughs) remember that like whole food can be pleasure and joyful and exciting and fun. Like that exists too. Yeah. So I'm really excited that we're not just talking about all the ways that we have to reform our thinking. It's like, this could be like a little bit of a lighter,
1: Yeah. like
0: let's talk about the joyful satisfaction in food and how we can reconnect in that way. There's like infinite ways to connect with things, specifically food. And this is this is an important way. So why don't um, we have Mimi here with us today? Why don't you read her bio and then we'll introduce her? Will
1: do. Mimi Inge is a registered dietitian, nutritionist and certified intuitive eating counselor, helping humans let go of diets and shame while finding a bit more satisfaction from food and life. Her passion is guiding people in how to feel less anxiety and confusion about what, when and how to eat. With a lighthearted and encouraging tone, Mimi teaches others how to connect to their bodies to enjoy food instead of stressing about fads, food rules, or restrictive diets. Her work and blog, Living Well Kitchen, have been featured in the Huffington Post, CNN, Self Magazine, WebMD, and more. Welcome, Mimi. Hi, Mimi.
0: Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me. Of course. Let's let's start by asking um how did you get into the work that you're doing today? Like what what, what tell us a little bit about your journey.
1: Yeah.
2: How long do we have? Uh, <laughs> so, I started I've always been like my my growing up my family was big cooks. My dad cooked, my mom cooked, that was her stress reliever. My grandmother was like a huge cook her entire life. And so I always grew up loving baking and cooking. And then, you know, around my teens I started to become obsessed with health in Mm. air quotes, Mm. which otherwise known as um, just full disclosure about to mention some very disordered behaviors. Um, Some, I was just very like interested in health thinking that that was having a perfect body size and being skinny. Mm -hmm. So I was like, you know what I'm going to be, I'm going to be a dietitian because then I will crack the code to becoming perfect skinny and know how to help everyone be skinny because that sure is health you know
1: right
2: so (laughs) if only Mm -hmm. um and I remember my mom actually she's a doctor and she was like you know you're gonna have to work in a hospital and I was like not me Mm
0: -hmm. only
2: if only we all had the confidence of like a ding-dong 18 year old that doesn't listen to their mom (laughs) right um (laughs) and she was right but I luckily like kind of my own path. And I had been reading food blogs, like all throughout grad school when I had any spare time. And I was like, you know what, I'm gonna become a food blogger. And I started grad school, like once I finished grad school, I became a dietitian and also had a food blog. It was kind of a perfect compliment to my working with clients because I was helping them with health and weight management, which just meant lose weight. Yeah. And um, so my recipes were as I just, every time I say the word health, it makes me cringe healthy as possible because they were low calorie and not as much fat and, you know, high protein, lots of veggies, lots of fruit and lots of fiber. And, you know, none, none of those things are inherently wrong or bad, but at the time it was strictly done to focus on weight loss. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, did through I did weight management and health Mm -hmm. (laughs) all through like probably about 2014, so that was probably about five, four, three or four years, and around that time, I just was so burnt out, and I felt almost like, a, not a fraud, but I just never felt like I was helping people, really, because mm. I would help people lose weight, and then they would stop working with me, and then they would come back and be like, I gained the weight back, and they felt yeah. so terrible about themselves. I simultaneously felt bad about myself, because I had like, sort of, not instigated, but been on their with them journey, like to not feeling good about themselves. Mm -hmm. And I remember I heard about intuitive eating at a conference and the way she phrased it was like, this was just a casual inner encounter with a friend. She was like, Oh yeah, you just eat whatever you want. And a lot of people lose weight. And I was like, sign me up. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, I remember though, the first thing that she said was like, Oh, sign me up by being an intuitive eating counselor. Never heard of it, but I just jumped right in. And the first thing she said was, you have to put weight loss on the back burner, and it felt like a record scratch. Mm -hmm. Um, Dear goodness
0: gracious, where are we going? Um, I think that... I mean, I think that sums up your journey very nicely. Actually, around (laughs) like I want to be a dietitian and quote unquote help people, Mm -hmm. but we have uh, come to a place in our modern day culture where we assume that helping people with their health equals weight loss. And I think if you've listened to any of the episodes before, you we have discovered that that is not the case. Never. And this is a perfect opportunity for us to shift our attention. And to go into some of the work that you're doing now (laughs) around, it's like people are scared to shift their intention yeah, because they're afraid that if I shift, then I'll gain even more weight, then I'll be even less healthy. And I think what we're finding time and time again is like we want to empathize and hold space for that courage to say, okay, it's not going to be about weight loss. Mm -hmm. right? But what a beautiful thing that can come when we aren't focusing on weight loss. And I also want to, this is another opportunity, I always have to remind people that if you are surrounded with people who are telling you that weight loss is the way, and then you're trying a different path, it's important to curate yeah. people and te- like a support team around you to the best of your ability. Whether yeah. I find actually social, this is to me where social media is at, is it's an great. incredible advantage. Absolutely, yeah. because there are tons of people online who are moving in this direction. So get your people around you but I want to go back to like this shifting intention. So the work that you do now, tell us a little bit about that because it's a huge intention shift. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So now it's more about, you know, letting go of that stress and anxiety around food that I think so many people have, because not only is food loaded in that, if you eat quote unquote too much, you're going to gain weight and that's a bad thing and you're no longer healthy. But also there's all of these different rules around food. Like, you must eat organic, or otherwise you're poisoning yourself. Um, yeah. That is a hill I will die on. I don't buy anything organic unless it's my only option. I've been to over 20 farms, and mm-hmm. including organic farms, and there is just so much misinformation about it. Anyways, moving on. Um, also, helping people respect their body and not necessarily loving it, because I just think there's such a huge... There's too big of a jump to go from where we are now as a culture, as in like your body's broken, your body's wrong, regardless yeah. of how you look to like, love your body, just yeah. love it and everything mm-hmm. will be fine. Yeah, It's more like shifting into just accepting mm-hmm. how it is and also knowing that it is going to change. And while that may not be the most fun, positive thing on the planet, it's okay. And it's normal.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh.
2: So yeah, yeah it's a, it was a big shift and it took me I think this is another thing that we don't really talk about in the intuitive eating space is that and I know it's not super encouraging but it took me years to go from the weight loss is the way weight management is important to maybe it's not the most important and health can be in many different can be many different things for many different people and also yeah. even if you're not healthy there's nothing wrong with you, yeah. and you still deserve all the respect in the world. Yeah. Like you are still a human, and you're still
1: valued. And that's lovable. important. That's important to note. And I don't think it's not like disencouraging what you're saying. I think it's honest. This process, we've been learning this for years. It's been in, embedded into our culture, into our brains. We hear it at school, at the doctor's office, from our parents. So unlearning and shifting your perspective in this anti-diet it should take years. If someone says they've transitioned and it's been a month, I'm like, okay, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> give it a minute <laughs> because it takes a while. Um, speaking of the transitions you've made, I know that you love cooking. Uh, your Instagram's full of recipes and food. And I, I try not to get too judgy when people are like, oh, this is the cauliflower crust or low calorie or low fat. But in my experience, a lot of the low, low, <laughs> low foods, um, they have low, low, low tastes. So I am, <laughs> I am questioning how your transition has been with cooking and the foods that you eat um, in in line with sort of finding some joy and satisfaction in food again. How has that transition been for you since you come over to the, you know, the anti-diet and weight neutral world?
2: Yeah, it has been an interesting one because um, it is an interesting transition to go <laughs> from that. But I think that for me, it was like more of. How can I focus on taste, number one, Mm -hmm. but also tied with how can I make this as easy as possible and Mm. not stress myself out? Um, Because I feel like so much stress is surrounding food, kind of in what I just mentioned and all of the different fads and things we hear about, but also just like preparing it. And if you're not preparing it and you're getting takeout, then you're doing horrible things to your health. So yeah, so I actually in for a while had wanted to do a cookbook with my grandmother. Like I mentioned, she loves to cook and she's always been like an entertainer. Even mm. just a few years ago, I would call her and she's making crab cakes for twenty five people for Bible study <laughs> in an hour. <laughs> That's so. Cute. And so she's always wanted to do a cookbook. But if you're if you know most grandmothers or most really good cooks, they don't actually follow a recipe. No. Yeah. So it was like, but and also she makes every dish dirty and because she's the grandmother she can everybody cleans up after her so we decided to do a cookbook together but it was like how can we make it the tasty as possible also like if possible can we include some extra beneficial ingredients like veggies and fruit and you know not necessarily always loading everything with butter like an onion doesn't need a full stick of butter to be <laughs> sauteed um And there's nothing wrong with that. (laughs) I I love. There's nothing wrong with doing it. Yeah. I just. I also have a sensitive stomach, so it was like every time I would go to Nans, it would be like I would just leave with the stomach aches. It was like, how can we find that happy medium? Yeah. Without the diet culture influence, and that was more like. So for me, it was like taste. Like, what is? I think for people, it's not necessarily taste. Might not be the most important. It's. Like, what's the least expensive option or what's right. the easiest if you have a lot of kids? Mm-hmm. What is the thing that's going to work best for you? So for me, it's taste and, you know, easy. Right. And then making it where you can find that happy medium on what it is. And I think it is a journey. Like maybe you are right now making your own cauliflower crust. What if you bought cauliflower pizza crust from Mm -hmm. the store? Yeah. And then maybe you let yourself try that. And then you go, okay, maybe I can try the whole grain crust from the Mm -hmm. store and kind of take that journey and find what works for you. And also know that you might love homemade cauliflower pizza crust and that's totally fine.
0: Yeah. You know, like you're saying something really important, Mimi, which is, We live in a culture that says this is right and this is wrong and if you do it this way you're a good person and if you don't do it this way you're a bad person and I think what you're saying is it's okay if you want to cook for taste Mm -hmm. it's okay if you want to cook for convenience it's okay if you don't want to cook it's okay if you want to focus on budget it's okay if you want to it doesn't actually matter which thing is important to you because you get to choose for yourself regardless of messages and like it also makes me think about when I go to the store, Uh just a a quick little reminder for people that um, the people who are selling the food want you to buy the food. And so um, (laughs) when you see something on the shelf that's like, high protein, low this, low that, it's like because they want you to buy it. That's that's how they advertise their product. Those are advertisements.
1: We'll be back in just a
0: moment. If you've heard us talk about WeShape, the company we founded to offer people a different approach to health and fitness, and you're not currently a member, then we've got a big announcement. You see, you happen to be listening during one of the biggest promotions of the year, which means that right now you have the opportunity to sign up for WeShape's Feel Good Challenge and get a personalized workout plan access to our community and coaches, access to our live calls with Coach Tyler and Dr. Lisa, and more for free. We only run a few of these challenges each year, so make sure you click the link in our podcast description or go to weshape.com forward slash challenge to sign up for free. And now back to the Feeling Lighter podcast. And so to just be mindful of like not feeling that internal pressure or internal narrative to do what others are telling you to do. Mm -hmm. It's okay to sit back and say, wait a minute, what do I value here and what is works for my life? And maybe that'll change in seasons. Mm -hmm. And then how can I act from that space? And I think that that is a very important first step in learning how to reconnect with joyful experiences with food. So like I used to have a belief that I had to make everything from scratch. And if it wasn't like a very in-depth process, then my my family wasn't getting a quote-unquote good meal um, yeah. now I can find that convenience is very important to me yeah so how do I incorporate that value given the season of my life without guilt shame remorse any of those things like when I do yeah. that people forget like I think when we're talking about joy joyful connection with food we're thinking my vision is like I'm sitting in a <laughs> restaurant and I'm tasting it. that's not necessarily what we're saying although that's great too yeah it's that when we evaluate some of these underlying moral things that come with food and when we put ourselves in a box of how we quote unquote should be doing something, we take joy away. Yeah, I do. So yes. I actually have found that I value convenience and I value, um, I mean, convenience and time is like my biggest thing. Right. It's like, this is what I need. And when I'm allowed to let that value system lead, I find more joy with food. Yeah. So it's not about necessarily having like, Uh, an incredible chef make you a meal and you're just like tasting every flavor it's like there are so many ways that we can connect with food in a joyful way and I believe what you're saying is the first step is like okay wait what do you need in your life right now what do you value Mm -hmm. and allow that to be a stepping stone to have a more joyous experience with food yeah I like that.
1: Yes. I, I want to go back to the convenience piece because I know for a fact, as, you know, someone who knows you and who follows you, that mm-hmm. you you mentioned it earlier, like you don't really get into organic necessarily, but you also buy, like, frozen food. You buy canned yes. food. And I would yes. love to know how that—I'm sure there was a time when, like, the thought of that was like, <clears throat> But where—how <laughs> did how that transition come about and why do you think it's so important to— show that, to show that you cook all these beautiful meals and you're using frozen and canned items sometimes.
2: Right. Well, I mean, so frozen at like my freezer is my best friend. Yes. I <laughs> love my freezer. If it's not completely full, it's not full enough. And so <laughs> I have like every type of frozen vegetable in there just because, well, not only are they super convenient, but a lot of times they are, they're picked at peak ripeness and then mm-hmm. frozen. And it's like all the nutrients are locked in. So my dietitian, little loving nutrient heart turns on like, yay, more nutrients. Yeah. And for cans are kind of the same thing. And I just love that, especially now with like food costs rising, I think that it's so important to know those facts. It's like, these are actually a lot of times nutritious and easy and We don't need to shy away from that. And I think it took baby steps, kind of like we mentioned earlier, in getting to where convenience food felt safer to eat Mm.
0: and felt okay. And you're actually kind of saying, you're you're kind of debunking a really big thing. Yeah, I was going to say. Like that frozen vegetables may contain more nutrients than fresh vegetables. I mean, yeah. I buy a lot of frozen broccoli because I hate cutting broccoli. Yeah, I, I don't hate it or either. chopping it. I'm like, it gets a huge mess. I hate it. It takes yeah. forever. So I, I do a lot of frozen broccoli, and I, and I had heard that before, that actually – as a vegetable is ripe and picked, like it does n- lose nutritional value over time. Yeah, right. Um, and so when they freeze it, they actually are getting it at the peak time. So that is a huge, I think, myth that would be would give people yeah. some yeah. helpful so, insight there. And yeah.
2: cans, same thing. And like sometimes it can be more nutritious. Like a canned tomato is actually like, I think canned tomato products are actually more beneficial for protecting... Like prostate cancer oh, wow. for males, I know especially because of the way it's processed, and all of our food is processed. Like yeah. even like processing includes just chopping. So yeah. I think we hear the word processed and we think like <laughs> preservatives, MSG. Don't get yeah. me started on MSG. <laughs> Nothing is wrong with MSG, but that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> we might, ha- we might have to ask this. that.
0: We might have to. I want to actually. I gotta go there. <laughs> Help. you're you're debunking a lot of things right now yeah. so can you as a dietitian can you just give us a minute on the MSG I
2: was about to say I am actually not an expert I can give you tons of I know um, Kara herb is a really she talks about MSG a lot I'll send you her stuff but she okay. um I don't I don't honestly I feel like if I say say her wrong. name again we'll we'll go look that up Kara herb okay Street.
0: Kara Herbstreet. we'll check that okay out. we're gonna check her out yeah. I gotta I gotta yeah. get to this MSG thing. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, but keep going. Um, I'm so sorry I interrupted no, your, you're your train of thought there. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we hear, we hear,
2: what is it? Oh, process. We hear processed and we think bad. And yeah. really it's just your food is being prepared. And yeah. so I think that can be helpful, but it can still be scary to hear things like GMOs, um, preservatives. And I like to look at it in a positive spin. I'm not trying to, like, go all good vibes only on here. But (laughs) in a positive way, as in, like, preservatives are amazing because that means our food can stay, like, fresh for longer. Right. And your body is – we did not get it. Our body does not get enough credit. Your body is Mm. on your side, and it processes things. And it's not going – like, all of the – weird fear mongering about like, if you're eating this preservative, look what it did to the McDonald's hamburger. It kept it looking fresh for years. Like that, that doesn't translate. Our bodies are not the same as a McDonald's Mm. hamburger.
1: That's so so important. Important.
2: and, And there's just so much fear mongering out there. And I get why people are nervous. I get even as a dietitian and knowing all of the science, I still sometimes find myself like, Oh, should I buy buying that? Like Mm -hmm. I'll check the ingredients label. And then I'm like, silly goose. Yes, you can buy that. (laughs) Like, you don't need to buy the perfectly thing with all of the, like you were talking about the messages on the front of the box that are like, this is non whatever. Um, So I think, yeah, like, I think it's kind of baby steps going back to like how to get okay with processed food and convenience Mm -hmm. food. It's baby steps and it's finding what works for you and your body. Like I know that I feel better when I eat fruits and vegetables. I say that fruits and veggies make me feel bright and shiny <laughs> and whether they are frozen and steamed. Okay. Let's be real. I don't love steamed veggies. I think they're boring. Um, <laughs> but you know, you hear like people are like, I eat steamed broccoli, which sounds awful to me, but no shade to people that love it. Yeah. But then they're like, but you negate it by pouring it cheese sauce on top. And that no, is you a huge lie. Exactly. Yeah. Like, satisfaction is a huge component of intuitive eating, but also just of life. Right. And I think that, you know, there's kind of, I'm sure like the, all the different factors that go into your health and your quality of life. And satisfaction is a huge part. And yeah. when we're stressed about our food, that plays a big part of how you, you know, how your body actually is healthy or not. I right. think, I believe that I was significantly less healthy as a person like mentally and physically because I was so stressed and worried about food causing me weight gain or giving me Health some type problems. of cancer or yeah. whatnot versus now where I'm like eating Walmart brand, like great value brand, like beef broth, which, <laughs> you know, has MSG and all of the things in there that people say are so bad. Yeah, I am actually feel a whole lot more of a human and like a healthier person when I go to the doctor.
0: So like, I think what you're saying is do not underestimate the power that joy and enjoying your food can have on your health. And we think that if we are following certain rules and, 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 you know, that that fear and that stress can actually be more damaging (laughs) than to shift our mindset and connection with food. And like you could, you could eat quote unquote, all the things that the media says are not okay for you and enjoy it and have a better outcome than eating all the things that the media says you should eat, but feeling stressed and anxious,
1: worried about it. I'm also hearing you say that food is not just fuel for your body. It's so much more. It
2: is not. It's so much more. It's like connection to, I think connection is probably for me, my biggest value in food Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, there are days where I'm just like, oh my gosh, I just got to eat. I make something that yeah. Like (laughs) I think the other part of satisfaction though, people get like, all my foods are not like Instagrammable and beautiful and perfect. And it's like, sometimes you just gotta like eat while you're working or, you know, like watch TV and eat. There's, I, I'm not saying you should do that with every single meal, but sometimes that's just life. Um, I think though, with like the satisfaction piece, it's that finding like, you know, the foods that help you feel physically good, help taste good, mm-hmm. help you feel nourished and knowing that like, that's not always going to be the case. And also knowing that like food does so much more than just help you feel nourished physically. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. like, like, you know, I keep going back to my grandmother, but like having a cookbook of her recipes is such a positive way for me to connect with her when she's, I'm not able to connect with her physically.
1: Right. Um,
2: yeah. And like, I, I traveled a few years ago through Europe and I did it. Everyone was like, oh, you're like, I was in my early thirties and people were like, oh, most people do that when they're like in their twenties. And I'm like, thank goodness I did not because, uh-huh. well, honestly, I don't know how, because where do you get the money? But yeah, I honestly, <laughs> like, I didn't. how are you funding that? <laughs> um, but I'm glad I didn't in my twenties because I would have been miserable. I would have been yeah. so anxious about like the croissant how much butter is in there and all of the carbs and all of that and no protein and whatnot. And it was just so magical to be able to just be like, this croissant is so well, perfect <laughs> just tasting, but mm-hmm. also like the time, I don't know if you've ever seen a croissant being made or what, or made it yourself, but like it is so it's labor art. intensive. Yeah, exactly. And just to be able to appreciate that and to be able to not like obsess over it and, Yeah, I think that being able to just sort of get to figuring out what is your value when it comes to food and how it can...
0: Yeah, I think you're bringing up a good point too, just like taking the cultural context of how how we relate to food specifically in the United States is really important. Mm -hmm. I think if anyone has had the privilege of going outside of the U.S. and seeing how other cultures connect with food, it's a very beautiful experience. My best friend and I, we've done a little bit of traveling to France together and my favorite thing about going there is the food Mm -hmm. because everyone takes so much pride in the food. Everyone is so connected with the food. No one is talking about the butter or the calories or the this or the that. It's just enjoy. There's a a huge pleasure around food. And it's so refreshing to be able to be immersed in a culture that that has that perspective. So it's important. I know that not all of us will have the privilege of being able to do that. So I want to hold space for that. I also want to just share that like in the U.S. specifically, I believe that we have adopted this narrative around food that is... It's it's damaging to our psychology right. yeah. and we um, have really taken tradition out of it. We've placed a lot of judgment. We've placed a ton of food rules like mm-hmm. it, it, it hasn't really served us. And it is it is it completely refreshing to watch how other cultures connect with food. It's beautiful. And I really hope that we can bring light and exposure to that so that mm-hmm. we can start developing our own values here in our own homes and our own relationships with foods. Because yeah. if we all did that, then everything in this country would change.
1: Yeah, Yeah, for sure.
0: So how have you been bringing the fun
1: back into your journey with food, like personally? And then how do you kind of translate that to helping your clients with that?
2: Yeah, I think that, you know, I guess I, do, I love to go out to eat now because mm-hmm. I'm no longer scared of like eating too many calories or whatnot. I love that. And and I think it's fun to, you know, either get inspiration from going out to eat or inspiration from other whether it's online mm-hmm. um, and trying that in the kitchen and knowing that it's okay when it messes up. I love those like Pinterest fails, right? Because <laughs> you know, like they're so ridiculous. Sometimes I read a recipe online and I'm like, how did they get from there to there? Um, but making it where it's not a high pressured situation. Yeah. And yeah. I know that that is so much easier said than done. It's like when someone is really stressed and being like, just calm down. <laughs> but like, I think that it just, taking it where it's not such a high-pressure thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where, like, using convenience food can be really helpful. And I think there's a, a way to make it, like, like I started with, like, something like salsa, which is very nutritious, but mm-hmm. it's a convenience food. And so, like, making, like, salsa chicken in the slow cooker, which is such a lifesaver if you have an Instant Pot, same. Yeah. Um, but, like, slowly getting to where you're taking, like, okay, kind of like I was talking about with the pizza crust, where you go from the store-bought cauliflower pizza crust to the whole wheat pizza crust to the just regular old pizza crust and figuring out where it is that works for you and making it where it's just yeah not such a high pressure high stress thing Mm -hmm. and also paying attention to how it feels in your body and knowing that it's okay that maybe you love something or you don't love something but taking that like guilt out of it. And when you do feel guilty, acknowledging it right and not just like shoving it away or trying to feel bad about yourself. That's something that a lot of my clients conversations are is about like, I know I'm not supposed to be feeling guilty about this, but I do. And yeah. it's like that's just like double pressure because double, you're not it's double supposed guilt. to feel guilty.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm guilty because so I feel guilty.
2: <laughs> I feel guilty. Yeah, exactly. So it's like acknowledging that it's normal to feel guilty. Yeah. Like you're Even though I have curated my social media feed perfectly, you still get ads. You still see stuff on TV that can slowly kind of like get back into your brain. Mm -hmm. And so when you feel guilty being like, I do feel guilty, but I am going to do what is best for my body and my health. And that is eat this food that I am eating or eat this food that's convenient or whatever it is and acknowledging like both the positives and the guilt and being like, this is okay. And, Working through it. And again, it does. You're
0: you're bringing up a point around like, it's okay to have the feeling, but the behavior that follows the feeling is what can really change cycles. So, like you're saying, don't pretend the guilt isn't there. Don't feel guilty for the guilt. Allow the guilt to be there. Hold space and compassion for yourself that we have been raised in a society that breeds that message. And then still move forward with the behavior that, like, that might not, you know, that isn't what you're used to doing. So, I think that's really incredible advice. Yeah. Yeah. And
2: one more thing is I think with things like fruits and vegetables, stuff that is conventionally healthy is knowing that you don't have to eat it the perfect way or the high pressured way. Like Mm -hmm. I've had multiple conversations with clients this month about like, she's like, I just don't get enough vegetables or something along those lines. And she was eating carrots and onions and corn. And I was like, you're eating a lot of veggies. Yeah. And she's like, but those are not like leafy greens. And I'm uh, like, they just have different nutrients, yeah. but they are very nutrient ditch, rich, all of them. Mm-hmm. Like it's not one is better than
1: the other. It's just, they're different. And we love you know to create it, hierarchies. Well, I don't say we, <laughs> yes, we, we didn't do this. It was done to us. But, yeah. yeah, But yeah, it's, that sure. makes a lot
0: of sense. Well, Mimi, such incredible information. And the thing that I hope our listeners walk away from today is that there is joy in food Mm -hmm. and you get to decide what that joy looks like. And we don't have to follow other people's rules. We get to decide like maybe convenience brings me back to joy with food. Maybe taste brings me back to food. Maybe. So I, I really appreciate um, all the insights you've had today, but we got to ask the, the big question here at the feeling lighter podcast What's an old belief that you have shed that has impacted your life in a big way?
2: I think it's that everything is supposed to stay the same. You're supposed Mm -hmm. to look the same way. You're supposed to eat the same way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're not going to have the same lifestyle. You're not going to have the same habits. Even two years ago, three years ago, I always think about it like you don't expect your 12-year-old to fit in their six-year-old jeans. Mm -hmm. Why, at 36, would I necessarily think that I'm supposed to fit in the jeans that I wore at 30? And, like, of course, we're not going through growth spurts, but my lifestyle's changed. I mean, you know, the last six years, a lot has changed. And nothing is wrong with the way your body looks changing and also with what you're eating. Like, Mm -hmm. right now, I am in a place where I don't have as much time to spend hours cooking on mm-hmm. weekends or whatnot. And so convenience food is what we do. We do a lot of those like meal delivery kits. We have mm-hmm. the privilege of being able to, you know, bring, get that. And that saves my evenings because totally. I'm not like planning and trying to do all that. And maybe that will change. And if it does, great. If it doesn't, doesn't matter. It's great either way.
0: Right. Simply
2: focusing on what works for you right now. And if possible, evaluating it every year or so. Mm-hmm. Just kind of going... Like I'm not a go with the flow girl. I wish I was. But <laughs> we try to be.
1: I <laughs> try
2: to be. But just knowing that it's okay that it changes it change. and it's normal, and even if the change isn't like your favorite thing ever, it's okay and it's, it's normal.
1: A, it's normal, and the only constant in life is change. It is true, and and we really have to adopt that into our regular. We be, we're lying to ourselves if we think that's not the truth. We're lying.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, Mimi, thank where me. can our listeners find you? Because I got to check out these convenient recipes because I'm in a season of convenience <laughs> myself. So yes. where, where can we find you?
2: My website is Living Well Kitchen, and I can send you the website. Um, and then I post on Instagram at Mimi Eng. It's M-E-M-E-I-N-G-E.
0: Love that. Well, thank you so much, Mimi. We really enjoyed connecting with you. And Thanks we will hopefully me. connect again. Thank Have you. a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you. Thanks. That was a good one.
1: That was good, Mimi.
0: Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you enjoyed today's show. Now, before you go, it would mean a lot to us if you could take a moment right now to subscribe to the podcast and then leave us a review. This helps spread the word so more people can feel lighter by shedding one belief at a time. Also, we want to hear from you. So if this episode impacted you or you have any questions that you think would be great for us or any of our future guests, please feel free to email us at podcast And finally, if you want to try WeShape's different approach to health and fitness, remember that right now you can sign up for WeShape's Feel Good Challenge and get access to everything WeShape has to offer for free. Just click the link in our podcast description or go to weshape.com slash challenge to sign up.